0: So we see on social media, you know, this fantastic trainer who's working with positive reinforcement or liberty or whatever it is. And we want to learn more. We want to do that. But how do we learn it when there's nobody around us? Hey there. Welcome to another episode of the Willing Equine podcast. I'll be recording this episode in my car, so the audio may not be super clear. And sometimes I have my kids with me. So if you hear a little bit from them, I apologize, but hopefully you can still enjoy the podcast. I'd love to hear from you after you listen to the podcast. So feel free to comment on any of my social media platforms or email me or even send me an anchor voice message. This week, I want to talk about something that I get asked a lot, which is um, how do I become a positive reinforcement based trainer? How do I uh, learn more about training with positive reinforcement? How do I, you know, improve my skills, learn more, do more when there are no trainers near me that train this way? I think traditionally you know growing up a lot of times trainers or potential trainers or people that want to train or people that want to learn how to train their own horses learn through observing and working with another trainer that they respect and that they like how they work so or it's just whoever you grew up working with so that happened for me as well I trained with uh, different hunter jumper trainers and the ones that I really enjoyed working with and I found had really great success with horses I spent more time learning from and I went to clinics and um, eventually just was working under that trainer so I would you know exercise horses for her I would um, start I'd help her start green horses baby horses I would or um, not babies but you know what I mean <laughs> uh, not quite working under set not made finished whatever all those terms that we like to use Um, that I find myself not really using much anymore, but that's a whole nother podcast. Um, So I think it can be confusing and frustrating and seem limiting when limiting, when we want to learn more and we look around and there are no trainers in our area that train this way so we see on social media you know this fantastic trainer who's working with positive reinforcement or Liberty or whatever it is and we want to learn more we want to do that but how do we learn it when there's nobody around us. Um, And it's one thing also to learn just to work with your own horse. How do we learn how to work with other horses? How do we learn how to become a professional in this area? How do we become certified? How do we become educated enough to be able to teach other people and to qualify as a professional uh, trainer, horse trainer with positive reinforcement? So there's not... I'm going to, you know, spoiler alert. There's not an easy answer to this, but there are a lot of options. You have so many options out there. So many options actually, and this is the way I'm kind of going to walk you through how I've done it myself, um, so that you can get a better idea of how to become more qualified and more confident in your training. Uh, spoiler alert though, again, with animals, with training horses, with training any animal, especially when you are a an individual that seeks learning, seeks how to improve oneself, how to always be better, always looking for more, always doing better, um, and wants to know more and wants to read the research out there that wants to improve our skill set, all of that. If you're one of those people like I am, you will never feel qualified. You just, <laughs> you just won't. Um, you know, there'll be times where you're like, okay, I've got this. I've I've got this. It's all good. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a pro, you know, like whatever that means, I'm a pro. Um, and you will feel like you can charge people for your time and all of that and your expertise. But then there's going to be the majority of the time where you just are like, why is anybody paying me? Why is anybody paying me? Why is, how can I even call myself a horse trainer? How am I, qualified to do this. There's so much out there still to learn. I, I'm sometimes I have bad days. I'm sloppy. I make mistakes. Um, I don't possibly know everything out there. There are so many trainers out there that are way, way, way better than I am. How can I possibly even put myself in the same category as these other amazing trainers? That will happen. And it's, there's a it's a syndrome there's actually a syndrome it's called imposter syndrome and it's something you should look into um, and be aware of the fact that it exists and it's a real thing (laughs) Um, because when you're confronted with these feelings you need to you know be aware of the fact that this is Reality for most professionals that this is something that we struggle with. That even the best of the best, the top of the food chain, I've heard them from their own mouths say that they do not feel qualified sometimes. So this is not unique to you. Um, also, on top of that, there, I think there's this point, and I'm trying to remember the name of the syndrome. Um, I think it's called the Dunning-Kruger. Effect. I think that's the one I'm thinking of. But anyway, where you think you know everything, and you think you've got this, and you're qualified, and you've got it. You you know you've got the certifications. You you've trained all these horses. You're a pro. You can now start tra- train that training everybody, and you know what's up. You know what's up, and so you you're kind of very secure in yourself. And then you realize you get to this point where you're like okay, I actually don't know as much as I thought I did. And there's a whole nother world out there. And then you get all the way to the bottom where you're like, I have no idea what I'm doing. This is I, I don't know what I'm doing. And anyway, the idea is that the, the less you know, the more you think you know, and then the, um, the more, you know, the less you think, you know, so that's kind of, it's, it flips on you. So it's crazy. The whole idea, it, it's just, it's a mind, just a mind twist. It's very frustrating to experience but my point in bringing this all up is that if you are wanting to be an equine professional if you're wanting to train people professionally train horses professionally and let me insert this really quick there is no such thing as just training animals if you're getting into training animals because so you don't have to deal with people then don't get into training animals because uh, just have your own animals rescue if you want or foster or whatever it is, um, and train those animals. But if you want to become a professional horse trainer, the majority of your job is the people. Um, Horses need very little training. They're just fine being just horses and do great as just horses. Um, And they do need some training to be able to do different competitions and work through some different behavioral stuff so that they can live in our world. But the challenging part of it is training people. So, the beautiful part about learning about positive reinforcement and behavior and behaviorism and all of that is that it really um, also applies to the people of course it applies to the people but more so than you might realize to begin with you know using positive reinforcement um, shaping plans building your criteria all of this just 100 percent is for the people too the owners of those animals that you're training need this As much if not more than the animals do because they're the ones that are going to go home at the end of the day and be responsible for that animal. So if you want to set that animal up for the ultimate success, if you want to be the best trainer that you can be, train their human to be the best trainer that they can be so that they can continue on and then they can keep doing the job that you started and be there for that animal and train them in a humane, low stress, positive way. Um, So absolutely 100% you're going to be training humans more so than you're training the animals and it's probably even more critical that you learn how to train h- humans than the training the animals. Of course you need to understand the training animals aspect um, what, absolutely you have to be able to know that that's your skill set that's what you know that you sell and that you um, are going to teach that other person how to do but don't fool yourself thinking that you're not going to be training people or interacting with people. Then um, so then, so I, I kind of went off on a little tangent there, but the reason I brought up all those syndromes and, and, you know, the all of that and training the people and all that is because there is, there's something you need to know. You need to know what it is that you, you will be teaching. You need to know that and you need to realize that there is going to be more information out there than you will ever possibly be able to consume and any, you know, in a short time frame, going to college, going to a school, going to um, a class or a course or reading a book is a great place to start. And, but it is not the end of the road. You will not read a book and then just understand. You will not just go to a course and then be certified in a professional, or you might be certified and qualify as a professional, but you won't, that's not the end of the road. The end of the road is, there's no end of the road. Um, It's an accumulation of information and classes uh, through, well, I should say it's an accumulation of information through classes, books, lectures, seminars, workshops, clinics, um, apprenticing, and getting hands-on experience with rescue horses, foster horses, uh, your own animals, your own horses. It doesn't even have to be a horse. It could be a dog, a cat, a fish. It all applies. Um, working with people, working with kids, working with adults, working with uh, or uh, intern you know internships, uh, working student positions, mucking out stalls, even just working at a barn, being around horses, just grooming horses. All of this applies. All of this builds the information that you're going to need to be able to be able to teach other people. This is how I got to where I am. And this is the process and the road that I'm still on and will forever and ever and ever be on this road. It is just clocking the hours, clocking the hours of education, the mental reading, writing, uh, listening to audio watching videos all that and then clocking the hands-on hours too and i think we tend to forget that with horses or any animal spending time around the horse whether or not you're actively training qualifies as hours clocked for expertise watching horses interact with each other learning their body language learning when to react when not to react just getting a feel for the animal getting feel for how they move how they feel how they breathe how they express emotion that is so important and it will give you that intuition which you know that's a whole nother topic on you know is intuition just a conditioned you know um, behavior so something that we just build over time. I could say, a lot of people would say, or I could say that I'm very intuitive when I'm working around horses and possibly, but I honestly feel like that was a skill that I've gained and earned over the years. I was not born understanding horses. I was not born being intuitive to their emotions. In fact, if you watch videos from me working with horses when I was 10 years old, you would down, like you would just look at it and be like, all right, yeah, I know that she has no idea what she's doing. She's not reading the body language. She has no uh, horse reading skills. She's not intuitive to their their movement and what they need and what they feel. Like That's just not something I just knew right off the bat. It's a skill that I have acquired over the years. Now, on top of all of the, just the necessary hours and time that needs to be clocked, the the expertise that is through hands on and through just reading and absorbing information. Absolutely you need to be looking at information and sources that are um credible and that are unbiased as, as unbiased as possible or at least provide yourself with information from different sources that even if they so even if they do have some bias in them that there's a little bit of um You're not putting yourself in an echo chamber, you're not putting yourself in this cycle of everybody's repeating the same information over and over again and it all just qualifies itself because we're all just in the same bubble. We don't want that either. So getting out there and getting information from different types of courses and different types of trainers and different types of people is so important and I want to encourage you to stretch past the horse world. the horse world in general, when it comes to behaviorism and, and training and working with animals is really, really far behind the rest of the animal training world. We're so far behind. There's so many trainers where um, when they talk and they are, you know, they're explaining their methods and things like that, it sounds like they're on the cutting edge of this information that they understand the horse and they, they know how animals work and they just, they get it. But then you step outside the horse world, and you realize that there are whole galaxies outside of what the horse world understands. That what we know about how animals learn, what we know about operant conditioning, classical conditioning, um, and that's just the that's the surface. Those are just real basic terms that most of you guys will, and most people will recognize. But there's other things. There's other things out there. There's more information out there that we are learning every day. I mean. Something that is presented at a seminar, you know, for animal training. There is a bunch of different organizations that present, that do um, seminars every year or expos and things like that, and they bring together the the cutting edge, leading, you know, leading the um, what's the term? I don't even know. They're they're leading the charge into understanding training and understanding how the mind works and how we learn how we and how animals learn behavior and how we operate so they bring together these people and they put them all in the same weekend in the same rooms and they talk and they and they um they present information and sometimes you'll find that even from year to year we'll look back and be like that's wrong we we had it wrong this is this is something new so that's what's so important about never closing yourself off never thinking there's this end of the road where I am now finally a licensed professional. What, what does that mean? I really what a license, what a professional means in, especially in the horse world, because we don't really have any licensing or certifications really. There are different organizations that do certify Like I am currently working towards becoming a certified horse behaviorist and, or equine behaviorist or whatever you want to call it. But, um, and I, and so that's something that I'm working towards because I do want to work towards that goal one for because I would like to have a certification just for my own selfish you know I want to be able to show people yes look I have I am certified but The reason I want that certification and the reason and what that certification represents is the ongoing education is the the effort behind never saying it's good enough because most of those certifications require ongoing educational hours I mean even you know you clock a certain amount of hours going to you know lectures and workshops and clinics and doing online courses and all that and then you you do um you do different, oh shoot, I'm just, oh, case studies and you have to present information on the animals that you've worked with and how you've come to conclusions and how you've modified behavior and all this. Um, but once, even once you're certified, you still have to keep it up. It doesn't just, okay, you're done. You're good. Like you're now good enough. Good There's no such thing as good enough. There is a certain point though, where you do have enough Hours and enough information that there are people out there that could learn something from you, and that's basically what it comes down to. It when you become a professional is it's when somebody else feels there is value and paying you for your time to train them and to educate them. Now, that's just really what it, in the horse world that what it comes down to almost anybody. If somebody will pay you to do something, you can call yourself a professional in the horse world. If somebody will pay you to ride their horse for money, you know, obviously pay you for money. Anyway, they'll pay you to show your horse and... Or they'll pay you to train their horse. You can call yourself a professional. You can say, I I train horses for a living. I break colts for a living. Hopefully you don't actually literally... Anyway, but you get what I mean. So anybody can call themselves a professional. But as a professional with a conscious and a mature professional and a professional that is training animals and helping people for the benefit of those people that are paying them. I'm trying to make sure I word this right. It is our duty and our job to make sure that it's never good enough, that we are never like it's that we never stop our education, that we don't just say we're a professional and then kind of wave that flag around. And we kind of, you know, put that title on our, our jacket and say, Oh, look, you know, everything I say is right and correct and all of that. So um, it's really important that we're constantly working towards being better and improving our skill set and learning more and more and more and it's also really important that as a professional we encourage potential professionals as i'm trying to do right now in this podcast to do the same thing to work very hard to be qual- to to uphold the standard basically and i don't want to make it sound like it's this elitist status it's not but I want to encourage all of you that are listening now that might be interested in becoming a horse trainer or um, whatever it is, anything you to do with horses that's a professional status, I want to encourage you to hold off on calling yourself a professional and charging people for time and money, or yeah, whatever, charging people for your time and your expertise until, I don't even know what, until... I think the best way to go about it would be to look at your peers and to contact your peers and to contact other professionals. Maybe even a professional that you're working under or working with. Um, it could be even online. You could work through with another trainer online as one of their students. Look to them for advice. You know, let them know that this is something that you're working towards and this is something that you really want for yourself and. They should be more than happy to help you get to that point. They should not feel that you're being competitive with them or that you're a threat to them. Um, there is so much room out there for ethical horse training, for horse trainers that understand behavior and working in, with um, the humane hierarchy and um, anyway, all of that, that there shouldn't it shouldn't be threatening to them especially if they feel secure and confident in their own skill set and they should be more than happy to refer you to different courses that you might want to take and help you along in your education and then to kind of let you know when it's time when it's time for you to start working with another horse and really one of the best ways to start doing this is to volunteer at a rescue rescues are desperate for Training for horses to get training for their for volunteers to come in and help them re work with their horses, so retrain certain behaviors, or in general, just start horses from the beginning. And this is a great place to start. It's a great place to get the experience, the hands-on, and to start getting your name out there too. Because potential adopters, they might want to continue working with you. and you know even other volunteers it's just a great place to start it's a it's an excellent way to get your foot in the door and to start spreading your name around Um, and this applies for dog trainers too. working at kennels and rescues and all of that and working as a working student doing internships apprenticeships with other trainers you might have to travel you might have to save up to be able to do it but it's a great place to start Working um, long distance with a coach is also a possibility. I have quite a few students that work long distance with me um, that I know have excellent potential to be trainers in the future, and I'm fairly confident at least two of them um, that is their goal. Actually, I know at least one, but I know I think two of them that's their goal to become trainers. And and so even though we don't live close by, actually live across the country with one of them we work all the time together. We do online coaching. I help her out. Um, she's anyway, it's just, there are possibilities out there. It, just because you don't live next door to a trainer. Um, and even if you're not trying to be professional, you just want to learn how to train your own horse. There are coaches all over the world that do online and long distance training. There's courses, there's, um, Video coaching, there's consultations. There, with technology, the possibilities are limitless. And there are also, like I've mentioned multiple times, there are conferences and ex conferences and expos and um, clinics and everything. So yes, there are not trainers right down the road right now from you. and that's okay because you're going to be that trainer. <laughs> if you want to be the professional, if you want to be a horse trainer and a professional, this is actually a really great opportunity for you. You have an opening, you have a spot to start your work and, um, and no competition. So it's a great place to start. You just need to clock those hours. You need to get that experience. You need to work with other qualified professionals. You need to work with professionals that are constantly improving their education, that are constantly gaining more hands-on experience that are Going to those conferences, that are going to those expos, that are going to lectures and seminars, and getting certified and all of that—that's who you want to be learning from, so that you can do the exact same thing and say that you've also learned from that person. Um, And also, you can learn—you know—you know—you don't necessarily have to agree with everything they say, and that's okay. Like, there's going to be differences that um, I have from some of my peers or some of the trainers that I learned from. 100% 100% okay. You don't have to, you know, worship the ground they wor- walk on. You just have to learn from them and learn from their mistakes and learn from the things they do well and improve on it. And that's how you start getting your name out there. And that's how you do it bigger and better or just as good as, um, this really comes down to just wanting that for yourself and, And if you're not wanting to be professional, just wanting that for your horse and wanting to put the time and the effort into making that happen. Yes, like I mentioned, there's not a certification course. There's not a college course for becoming a horse trainer. Actually, there might be, but there are not that I know of for training with positive reinforcement. That's not something that's happened yet. And even if there is... Actually, I'm pretty sure, I, off the top of my head, I'm thinking of one, there is one course where the lady has set up that is intended to teach potential professionals, and that's fantastic, and it's happening, it's coming. Um, but even though there are these certifications, and you can go through that course, and that would be a fantastic thing to do. I'm not discouraging that at all. Please do that. Don't stop there. Don't stop there. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going to different lectures and learning from different people. Learn from multiple coaches and trainers. I will say as a trainer myself, you know, speaking as if you're one of my students you don't want to sign up to take lessons from multiple trainers at the same time, just because uh, with the same animal, just because it can be very confusing at, for the animal and for yourself as well. Unless you plan on only doing hands-on work with one of the coaches and are just signing up for like online educational material from another one, but try and stick with if there's a training protocol or a shaping plan or. Um, a training methodology basically that you're going to follow and you want to help this or work with this animal through. Try and stick with just that at least for a certain amount of time until you decide whether or not you want to continue with it. Just don't mix and match. This is actually one problem that I have with going to clinics is that there's a lot of mixing and matching that can happen and sometimes it works. Sometimes it works really well But a lot of times I think it ends up confusing people more than it helps. I really think that auditing clinics is underrated. Um, I like to really audit clinics and learn from them by watching and listening and watching them work and then take home the pieces that I would like to use with my own animals. And I really only attend clinics with clinicians that I plan on training with and sticking with that method or I have been training with and then the trainer happens to come to my area. So it really depends. You know, that's not a hard, fast rule, and I'm not saying don't ever go to clinics with your animals. Please don't take it that way. Um, Just be careful. I have in the past gotten into the mistake of taking a horse to... This clinician then that clinician then this clinician and oh my goodness the poor thing was so I, I didn't know what to do I was just mixing and matching and the horse didn't know what to do and it was just a disaster I was just so desperate for help I was just going to anybody and everybody I would have been much better off finding a trainer that I really liked and watched his his or her work and really learned from and I was like okay I want to work with that person and then done long-distance coaching with him and gone to every clinic that I could um, so that's something that I highly encourage, but hopefully this podcast was really helpful in as far as, you know, those pe- the people that asked me, you know, how do I learn more about training with positive reinforcement? How do I become a professional training with positive reinforcement? Um, really quick here at the end, I'm going to mention that on my website, I have a resources page that has a lot of books and websites and links and videos that I recommend articles and such for people interested in learning more about training with positive reinforcement and um, doing some of the things I've mentioned in this podcast. And I think on, well, anyway, if you're interested in learning about some of the conferences and lectures and all of that that I've mentioned in this podcast because you're interested in attending or just finding out more, feel free to email me. Um, it's info at com or you can find it on my website. You can contact me through my website and I will be happy to send you a list of some of the different um, things that I personally attend and or are or I am planning to attend in the near future Uh, a lot of times they are a little bit more pricey so you have to save up for them but they're well worth it I know they are and there are quite a few that I have have been out of my price range up until recently that I am determined to get to this year and next year so Um, but I'm happy to share that information with you and also as mentioned there are tons of trainers out there that do online coaching I personally do online coaching and I'd be happy to um I'd happy to take you on as a student I do have sometimes a short wait list but it um I am looking for ways to add more students into my online group and there's gonna be new material coming out soon um that will allow for more students to come in but even if I can't be the one to coach you I have some other trainers that I'd be happy to refer you to um so that way you're not left hanging in as uh but Anyway, so hopefully this gives you a lot of different ideas and helps you um, get started on your path to becoming a professional horse trainer or whatever horse something, or it just helps you get an idea of how to improve your education and your hands-on experience as far as just working with your own personal animals. Thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to find out more about the willing equine head to my website www.thewillingequine.com. On there I have blogs and um, a very extensive FAQ. I also have other social media through there so I've got YouTube and Instagram and everything else you could possibly think of. Also I'd love to hear from you so feel free to send me a message or an email and I hope to hear from you soon.